2: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
0: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on vSEN, the sports betting network. We
1: are high above pool. Side yet again here at Stadium Swim for my guys in the desert, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Who else's bracket is busted? I know mine is Kentucky losing to the Peacocks of all teams. I did not see that one coming. I don't know if anybody did, but only more mayhem, madness, Cinderella sprouting here on day two of the NCAA tournament. Also, a number of NFL teams causing some madness of their own, which we will get into in just a moment. But first, let me update you with some of the scores that we do have. Here from this morning, Loyola Chicago, of course, a very trendy dog, fell 54-41 to Ohio State. That one went under the total as well. Auburn won and easily covered the 15-point spread against Jacksonville State. Texas Tech, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, a victory and cover over Montana State, a 97-62 win. Purdue finishes 78-56 over Yale. Villanova, 15-and-a-half-point favorite. They're closing one out against Delaware right now, 81-59, it looks like, with about 15 seconds to go. So another cover there. USC and Miami in progress. Miami with a two-point lead and Virginia Tech and Texas 18-18 there in the first half. Last one here, Notre Dame, Alabama. The six-seed Alabama Crimson Tide with a one-point lead as of right now. But like I said off the top, some breaking news in the National Football League about an hour ago that Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson will waive his no-trade clause to become a who? A Cleveland Brown, a five-year, 230 million dollar fully guaranteed contract 80 million dollars more than the previous record for fully guaranteed money at signing and we are so fortunate to have Michael Lombardi on the phone right now former longtime NFL executive host of the Lombardi here from noon to two uh, weekdays and we are so happy to have you on here Michael what do you make of this massive massive move because just yesterday we thought that he told the Browns no.
3: He did tell the Browns no. I mean, that, that wasn't fabricated. But, you know, nothing says I'm sorry better than money. And money is really what motivated this. I mean, money is the greatest tool of all. And he basically went to the Browns. I don't know if the Saints said no to more money. I don't know if the Falcons said no to more money. But it appears that, you know, he wanted more money. I tweeted out this morning and said it on my show today that part of this this deal was going to have to be satisfying two people at the, at the table, the Texans in terms of a trade and Watsons in terms of a contract. The Browns clearly did that. That's why they're the winners in this deal.
1: It's incredible to see the turn of events here because like you mentioned, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, it seemed like it was going to be all NFC South gunning for Watson. And I thought that he was going to go to the Falcons based on all of the reports. But like you said, show me the money. He goes where the money goes. What do you make of the contract, though, that he signed and what Houston is ultimately getting in return?
3: Well, it's unprecedented. And typically, no contract's fully ever guaranteed. That's typically for the basketball. That's for the NBA. That's usually what happens. However, in this case, we don't know what those guarantees really imply. You know, is he going to be paid even though he gets charged in a civil suit? Mm-hmm. Is he going to get paid if he gets suspended by the commissioner? How all those things tra- transpose themselves, we don't know. The agent releases the contract details. Devontae Adams is making $28 million. When that contract comes in, it won't look anything like 28000000 million. It'll be a lot less than that. So whatever we read initially or hear initially, it's always less than the deal, and particularly in this case, I would suspect that too.
1: So I am glad that you brought up the question of those civil suits because when he is able to suit up again is still in question right now with regards to the NFL's personal conduct policy reportedly ongoing. That investigation is what's the level of concern placing in one of those futures bets on Cleveland because we saw a huge drop in the numbers the browns went from 40 to 1 to 15 to 1 in the super bowl odds today on draftkings and they're now favored to win the division all of a sudden
3: well i'm writing a column right now for com should be up shortly that's basically saying look this is a really good team i mean the browns if they can improve some of their things defensively which they have opportunity to do that with the with the free agency and certainly with they won't have very many draft picks but they still have cap room Uh, you know, they're a good team. I mean, they were a quarterback. Baker just couldn't throw drop back passes. I think Watson in this new scheme will be dynamic. I think it's a scheme built for his talents. I think he'll be really effective. I think it'll make the Browns offense more effective because Chubb will help him carry the team behind this offensive line, which is really good. So I can easily see why betters are flocking to the window to bet the Browns in the North.
1: And we've seen him be dynamic from 2018 to 2020. Watson averaged 4,280 passing yards. 28.3 touchdowns, 9.3 just 9.3 interceptions, including a league-leading 4,823 passing yards his final year before taking last year off. Is there any level of concern just with the time that he's had off and getting reacclimated, or you think that 100% Deshaun Watson, when he goes, he goes, and they're a real contender?
3: Oh, I think they're going to be real contenders. I mean, he's going to be – look, he's well-rested. We know that. He's (laughs) well-rested, ready to play. You know, what's really ironic about this, Stormy, is how the world comes full circle. When the Browns had the 12th pick in the draft, the pick that they acquired from the Philadelphia Eagles in the Carson Wentz deal, when they traded Carson Wentz as number two pick overall to Philadelphia and Philly picked Carson Wentz, that pick became the 12th pick. They sent that pick to to Houston so Houston could pick Deshaun Watson. And they picked Deshaun Watson. And now, four years later, the Browns are trading an extra first-round pick to get the player that they could have easily picked at 12.
1: Now, Baker Mayfield, this is kind of the next part of this, right? What becomes of him? He said the other day that he didn't think this relationship was going to be salvageable. Obviously, it's not. They're moving on with Watson. He did request a trade, and it looks like, according to Jeff Howe, NFL writer for The Athletic, that he would like to be traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think that they accommodate an inner AFC type of a trade and get him where he wants to go, or what's your feeling on that?
3: You know, I think ultimately he's going to have no say. They're going to trade him. To the, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, and if he wants to play football, He's got to play football wherever they trade him. So I don't think where he wants to go is going to matter. I think it's going to be what's in the best interest. Now we know the Colts don't have a first-round pick. So because they don't have a first-round pick, you know I don't know what that's going to mean or if they would actually get a first-round for Baker. Mayfield. I mean they feel this limited as a player. When it becomes a drop-back pass game, you know when they had a chance, when they had a chance to play the the Chiefs in a, in a divisional round, they were down 22-17 with six minutes to go in the game, and all they had to do was get get moved the football. Baker couldn't throw it right Baker couldn't make those plays and we've seen it time and time again that his size does limit what he does
1: well that's kind of what my follow-up was going to be is how much do you attribute that to the type of player he is and his physical capabilities or the injury I mean he had a string of injuries it seemed like every other game he was coming up with something different it wasn't just the non-throwing shoulder it was the groin it was the this it was the that if he's healthy what's your view on Mayfield
3: I still have the same view. I think he has a hard time throwing drop-back passes. I've been saying this for years. I think the scheme was perfect for him. If he went to Indianapolis, he's going to need a run game. But at some point, you have to make throws from the pocket. At some point, you have to have a drop-back pass game. And that's where Mayfield struggles. That's why they can't get the ball outside. That's why the Browns are giving up all this money and giving up all these draft picks because they can't throw the ball outside the numbers because Mayfield has a hard time seeing it. If you rush Mayfield a certain way, it becomes a hard game for him to play.
1: Well, another big breaking news item that came through last night that I think surprised most people other than our own Brent Musburger because he called it on the show about a month ago that he thought the Raiders were going to push hard for a deep wide receiver threat. He thought Devontae Adams would be the top guy that they were looking for. They end up sealing that deal yesterday. How big of a boost does this give the Raiders to have a guy like Devontae Adams on that squad?
3: Well, I think it really helps Darren Waller, and it helps Hunter Renfro because now he can be the slot receiver. He can play a natural position, and it gives him a top-five player at that position, and it gives Derek Carr a guy that he trusts and throw the ball to. This should make the Raiders' offense very dynamic. They kept Kenyon Drake. They lowered his salary, so that was a good thing for them. They're going to have to improve their offensive line. I think they'll keep Parker the right tackle back. But, look, this is a, a huge get for the Raiders. It puts them on par with some of these great teams in the West. They have a top-five player at receiver. They have a top-five player at tight end. They have a top-five player at tight ed, at slot receiver. They have a really good running back. And they also have a guy, a quarterback, who can deliver the ball along with a head coach who really is very good at calling offensive plays.
1: Michael, you know how much I uh, I love the Mountain West Conference. And they did me so dirty in college basketball yesterday. But they finally did something right yesterday getting this deal done with uh, Devontae Adams getting reunited with his former college quarterback and Derek Carr, they're great friends. You see that chemistry there, so they're happy. How happy is your son over there?
3: Well, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on him. I called him today and said, you know, this is all on you now. You're going to have to deliver some goods here. I mean, welcome to this. Mr. Davis used to tell me all the time. At some point, you got to play in the game, kid. Now it's time to play in the game.
1: There you go. Uh, a very exciting addition, no doubt. Um, with regards to the other side of that, though, and Green Bay, I know that Aaron Rodgers was getting a, a lot of flack for the contract he signed and them ultimately not being able to maintain Devontae Adams, but you do see reports that the Packers offered him more money. He just wanted to go elsewhere. How, what's your view on how all of that kind of unfolded?
3: Well, I think it's clearly the case. I think he wanted to play with Derek Carr. I think Brent yeah. was on something a long time ago. He wants to play with Carr, and he got his wish. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, you know, Rogers got his wish, too, because we said all along on my show all season, Rogers is going to make over $50 million. It came down to money, as it always does. I think we have to really always be aware of all the players when they complain. It's about money. It's never about what they complain about.
1: Money certainly seems to talk, um, and there has been a lot of it lately happening in the NFL. Michael, cannot thank you enough for all of your insight and input. Uh, You're the best. Have a great day and enjoy college basketball. It's been crazy.
3: Yeah, some great games going on right now.
1: No doubt that's again Michael Lombardi, former longtime National Football League executive general manager and host of the Lombardi line here on VEASAN from noon to 2 Eastern regularly, along with Patrick Maher. Great insight as always. And what an incredible move with the Houston Texans moving on from Deshaun Watson, sending him to the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns paying a price for it. Plenty more college basketball to come up here, though, on my guys in the desert. And remember, you can get everything you need to bet the madness with 24 7 streaming. Daily best bets emails in our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy, all just $19. So whether you're just filling out a bracket, you're betting against the spread, our whole team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Analysis from our experts all over the place, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Eumanns, Jonathan Von Toble and Tim Murray. They've got insights on all the key teams, conferences, players to watch from the favorites to those potential Cinderella's, which we are seeing already. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th, just $19 at vCN.com slash madness. Adam Burke is gonna join us on set here in just a moment, break down some of the college hoops action. We'll also have Danielle Alvari for the second half hour of the LA City cast. You won't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere.
3: Ooh.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy
0: Ribana and Tony on V Sin, the Sports Betting Network.
1: want to get in shape but having trouble staying motivated story of my life make five hour energy shots part of your lifestyle and get the energy boost you need to get fit zero sugar and unbeatable blend of vitamins nutrients and caffeine it's the perfect pick me up for getting stuff done go to FiveHourEnergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from flavors like grape tropical burst cherry blue raspberry and more there is a flavor for everyone get five hour energy today and we've got all of the energy today here on my guys in the desert as we welcome on visa Ben. Analyst Adam Burke on the program with us it is popping down here at Stadium Swim, but not as popping as you must just be feeling right now as a Browns fan with emotions running all through you. How do you feel about the Deshaun Watson news?
5: Yeah, you know, it's really difficult. I mean, obviously he upgrades the roster tremendously. You know, I mean, he's certainly a guy that's going to be a difference maker for the Browns and an absolute game changer at the same time. You know, you, I guess you, you root for the team and maybe not the player. You know, it's okay. obviously a very difficult spot for a lot of people. And, you know, being from Cleveland, kind of going through my Twitter timeline here over the last hour or so, uh, a lot of people not sure how to feel about it. And I think that's probably the way it'll kind of go here for a while. That's
1: something I wish I probably should have asked Michael Labardi about this. But, I mean, the comments that the Browns have made saying they wanted adults at the position, they want maturity, it's a little bit of an interesting move.
5: Yeah, yeah, to, to say the least. And, and you know, too, I mean, look, it's something that y- you know that this PR blowback is coming, you know, so you kind of – from a business standpoint, Deshaun Watson makes a lot of sense for you. He makes you a much better football team than Baker Mayfield does, but you know you also have some things you have to deal with that come with the territory too.
1: No doubt. And from an odd standpoint, like we told you off the top, from forty to one yesterday, the Cleveland Browns now fifteen to one odds to win Super Bowl fifty-seven. But like I said, this is a basketball show today because Round One, Day Two of the NCAA tournament rolls on today, and it has been an exceptionally chalky morning. Adam, is this a trend that we think can continue?
5: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yesterday was pretty chalky, too, up until St. Peter's took out oh Kentucky. My God. Up
1: until the ultimate dog barked. Right. Yeah, believe. absolutely. And,
5: and you know, I mean, look, we had New Mexico State beat UConn. And, and I said in the Visa tournament betting guide that I thought UConn was a very high variance team to begin with. Mm-hmm. I figured that was a possibility. I also thought they could really challenge Gonzaga if they wanted to play in them. But of course, they're not going to now look, I think that today probably will end up being pretty chalky. I think UAB is an interesting live dog against Houston okay. just because the two teams are very similar. Uh, Houston's a better version of UAB, but UAB matches up pretty well, I think, in that game. Then also Colgate tonight against Wisconsin, where Wisconsin is a very over number three. I think a lot of people believe that going into the tournament. And look, Johnny Davis is a great player. He puts up good numbers, but he's kind of an inefficient scorer as well. So that's something where for Wisconsin, if he's not really good, their supporting cast isn't all that great, and that's kind of where you start to see this upset potential come into play. Colgate was a team that hung with Arkansas in the first half last year. They just kind of ran out of gas in the second half. They couldn't hang with the physicality. Wisconsin's not as physical of a team. They're not as talented of a team as Arkansas was last year. I think Colgate's pretty live getting the seven and a half. And if you like the Raiders at the plus price, you know, sprinkle the money line a little bit too.
1: To go back briefly to UAB Houston, is it the number that you like with it being as large as is? What would the number you set be on a game like that?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that the eight and a half, nine that's out there in the market right now is pretty decent. I think it's really interesting too because Houston is understated as a five. If you look at Bart Torvik, Ken Pomeroy, a lot of the metric sites that are out there, Houston's been a top five, top 10 team all year long, and here they are as a number five seed. And you start thinking about the reasons why, up until they beat Memphis in the AAC championship game, they didn't have a single quadrant one win. They, didn't, they hadn't beaten anybody of consequence, really. And UAB is a very, very good team. And, and I think this is one of those situations where the selection committee did kind of screw over the Blazers a little bit because they are a very dangerous mid-major. They put them against an under five in Houston. But I do think UAB, as I said, is live here. They force a lot of turnovers. They're a pretty efficient offensive team. They shoot well from three. Those are kind of the things that you need if you want to pull off an upset in this tournament. I
1: feel like we saw that a lot Lot from the committee just with the opening bracket to begin with a lot of teams that these are matchups you didn't want to see the cinderellas we wanted didn't get the matchups that we expected them like look at a south dakota state that everyone was so high on they get a matchup with providence on paper you're like oh hey this is perfect but providence is a team that's ticked off that they're not getting the amount of respect that they deserve everybody calls it lucky they've actually taken into that mantra now and they're like okay it is lucky let's keep being lucky
5: right and i think a providence team coming up here on saturday against richmond i, I do like the friars in that game did put the under in our best bets file over at vsn.com, but, but I do think Providence is a pretty good look here uh, for that game. It's going to be the sixth game in ten days for Richmond. They played a lot of basketball, mm-hmm. to say the least. Jacob Gilliard's a guy who plays 40 minutes a game. You kind of wonder if he starts to run out of gas a little bit. But, but to your point, Stormy, I think the best example of where the selection committee fails year in and year out was that Murray State San Francisco game last night. That was a phenomenal basketball game. Those are two teams that could have really taken out a major conference yeah. team. And instead, they got paired up against each other. And, of course, we saw. I mean, it was you know competitive overtime game and all of that. But you know now San Francisco loses their head coach, Todd Golden, to Florida. I think it's a great hire for the Gators. Agreed. But this is the hard part about being a mid-major. And as a head coach, you recognize and understand that. And if you get a chance to jump, you're going to. Yep. So you know, that's something that these coaches are thinking about here, too, is if I show well in the NCAA tournament, it leads to more opportunities for me. So maybe that's another reason why we kind of get some of those upsets, some of the 12 over fives and all that here in the NCAA. Tournament. yeah
1: I was a little bit disappointed for some folks here at the network with uh, our guy Josh Applebaum in particular with how hard he wanted Vermont yesterday um, great teams cover right that's what we care about right. but um, that was another matchup though with Arkansas and Vermont that I was just like dang I hate to see those two teams go head-to-head Arkansas obviously does move on in advance what were some of your biggest takeaways from tomorrow though that you do think can bleed into today or bleed into round two
5: yeah you know one of the things that really struck me yesterday was how important coaching is you you know, I mean you look at what happened in that St. Peter's and Kentucky game specifically Kentucky is leaps and bounds more talented than St. Peter's and it, it's really not even close but John Calipari just kind of squanders a lot of the talent that he has there in Lexington and Shaheen Holloway coached a phenomenal game for the Peacocks you know that that's a Peacock's team that is very offensively challenged but you know, look, they were still able to overcome it and wound up having a really big offensive performance in that game. So coaching is really a big thing to me where, you know, you've got these teams that don't normally play each other. It's a situation where you've got four or five days to prep for it. Some of these teams overlook some of these opponents and some of these teams wind up getting caught. Think about Gonzaga in the first Mm -hmm. half yesterday. Mark Few, widely regarded as being a great head coach. Rob Lanier outcoached him in the first half of that game. Gonzaga's talent took over in the second half. But it was one of those things to me where you know if you've got the coaching and you've got the ability to hang around in some of these games, then you know that's where you start to get that belief and those upsets late in the year. All right, or late well, in the game.
1: let's talk about some of these games still to come later on in the afternoon um, that have yet to tip off. LSU, Iowa State, a big one. Iowa State a three and a half point dog. Total in that one around 128, 129. Um, but LSU obviously fired their head coach, Will Wade, right before the tournament for cause with regards to those. You know we it's all said in the past they've been dealing with this for a couple of years now trying to figure out when it would happen it finally did what kind of a tigers team do you expect in this first game
5: you know i stormy i think that's a big question you know what do you get from lsu here where as you said i mean this has kind of been hanging over the program for a while by all accounts everything that you read not a whole lot of love for will wade in that program is this addition by subtraction for lsu mm-hmm. can they go out there now without that cloud hanging over them And go play really well. You know, these are two teams that are very, very similar, both defense oriented, but I think LSU is a little bit better of a version of that. So I do like the Tigers here, and in fact, in my bracket, I put the Tigers in the Sweet 16. Mm. So I feel like, to me, they're a team that has a higher ceiling than what we've seen so far, and maybe they start to show it here now without Will Wade.
1: We had an interesting conversation with former San Diego State head coach Steve Fisher earlier this week, and he talked about the year that he took over um, the, the championship team and how difficult it Was like how difficult it might be for other coaches that weren't in his situation where he had all the experience talking to the team pretty regularly. I wonder what that experience is like for Kevin Nickelberry, how often he's got to address the team and basically lead those pregame huddles and the like to lead a team out there. So I'm I'm curious that storyline aspect of the game for sure.
5: Yeah, so am I. And I think that's the great unknown, you know, because I do think LSU is a better team than Iowa State. But, you know, that coaching situation could very much come into play, especially when you talk about late game execution. You know, how much do they listen to him? How much do they, you know, follow with what he's saying? Also, at the same time, he probably goes out there and says, look, boys, have fun. Yeah. You know, just go ahead and have fun, and we'll see what happens. And when you play free and easy, especially in a tournament like this, it can be to your benefit.
1: Anything else you like tonight? I wasn't particularly stoked on the games today in particular, but was there anything else that stood out to you?
5: No, you know, I, I, it's it's a day where I don't think we have a ton of good matchups. I kind of started looking ahead to Saturday and sort of looking well, give for it to me. some of those scenarios <laughs> where, you know, maybe some of these teams kind of get a little bit disrespected, a little bit over Overlooked, You know, I, I hate to do this to you, Stormy. I'm very sorry. You know, Creighton has a big injury here uh, with Calcburner being out.
1: Can we talk about what an epic collapse that was? Oh,
5: right. And, and well, that's what I'm saying is it's not that Creighton won the game. It's that San Diego State lost the game. Right. So going into that game against Kansas now, if you're Creighton, people are going to look at that and say, well, they don't deserve to be here. And, and we see those disrespected last four types of teams in do really well in the first round. Maybe that's something that winds up benefiting Creighton here on Saturday. Um, you know, So those are the kinds of things that I look for, just sort of overreactions in the marketplace. I
1: am extremely emotional about that game, so I'm sad that we had to bring it up at all. Um, the one that I am curious about, too, oh, we've only got about 30 seconds here. Real quickly, St. Peter's and Murray State. What an odd matchup that we have here tomorrow.
5: Very odd matchup. I like Murray State in that one. I, I give St. Peter's a ton of credit, but Murray State is a very efficient team, very, very well-coached team. I think for St. Peter's, they put so much into that Kentucky game that if they get down early in this one, I think they may kind of fall apart a little bit.
1: Whenever you are on the show, the segments go way too fast, my <laughs> friend, but thank you for doing this yet Absolutely. again on a Friday. That's Adam Burke, VC Betting Analyst. When we come back, Danielle Alvari of the LA City Cast will join us up here at Stadium Swim. The party continues NCAA Tournament Round One, Day Two Action. More on the other side.
0: to my guys in the desert. With Stormy Bonantoni on v Sin, the sports betting network.
1: Nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid, place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin's available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction, and six for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zin anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zin. Visit Zin.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and find Zinn nicotine pouches near you. In nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, and you know what else is an addictive chemical? NCAA tournament basketball! And we are here as round one continues for day two. Danielle Alvari, host of the LA City Cast, on the set with us here above Stadium Swim. Rockin' your UCLA brewers right now. Congratulations. But like, how are you feeling after
6: last night? I imagine confidence might not be the first word that comes to mind. I mean if madness is a drug I was coming off of it right. That was a withdrawal in that game. I was just like what is happening. Where is the magic from last March for UCLA <laughs> um, and they really stressed me out. It's funny I didn't get really stressed until towards the end of the game and neither did the books really because UCLA money line was still minus 400. Up until about five or six minutes left UCLA was only down by one most of the game. So I'm thinking OK this is a talented veteran UCLA team. They grind wins out. They know that they can even win a game in overtime. That's an over for the other team if they send it to overtime so I felt fine and then when the game got to the point where all of a sudden they're up by eight now I'm getting worried there's less time there's less time and then UCLA decides to remember how to shoot the ball in the final moments I know it's really tough for these teams when they get into these arenas and they haven't shot and we saw that from actually earlier in the day from Gonzaga Mm -hmm. shot a little bit short as well free throws and threes and then Boise State as well so hopefully there's a little bit of adjustment there and I think that people are going to be too down on the Bruins now as they head into their next matchup, but in this game, I mean, Tiger Campbell, That's three-pointer what from the logo. How impressive was he putting the team on his back there those last
1: couple of minutes?
6: Well, it's so interesting, actually, because he scored 10 of his 16 points in the final couple minutes, really, and there was a bunch of really, really important three-pointers that he made that Jaime Hawkins actually had the ball and decided, I'm going to kick it out to, to Tiger because he's wide open and I trust my teammate here. It's really interesting with the Bruins when they have really off-shooting nights throughout the season, which is usually when they're on the road. For example, versus SC at the Galen Center the first time. Tiger Campbell had 27 points. The next closest person had 12. So, Tiger Campbell decides to just go get it done on him on his own when the Bruins shots just aren't really falling, but Mick Cronin after the game actually made a point to shout out Jules Bernard making a really crucial three-pointer. He started out 0 of 4, which I cared about because I had his 12 and a half points over on his prop. I thought, "Well, this isn't a team that defends well against the three for Akron." So, I thought, "Okay, I'm going to go over on Jules. He puts a ton of shots up. He did. They weren't going in, but in those clutch moments, It's almost like he shoots better with a hand in his face. I don't know what that's about. Uh, But Jules Bernard got a shout out from Mick Cronin for getting them within two when they were down five. And so UCLA scores by committee. It makes it hard to bet on props with them for that reason. Uh, But they do always find a way to grind out these wins. And so I completely understand why most people were on Akron in this.
1: 57-53 was the final last night. UCLA beating the Zips, knocking them out of the tournament. They now move ahead to face St. Mary's as a a 2.5-point favorite. Total in that one, 126 against the Gales. Johnny Juzang last night, just three for 11 through, from the floor, which is very uncharacteristic, I feel like, for him. Well, how do you feel he needs to step his game up against a St. Mary's team that can be a challenge?
6: Well, it's interesting, too, because a lot of the narrative, it's almost like people haven't watched UCLA since last March because they're expecting the Johnny Juzang they saw last March, and he was so incredible, he just shot the lights out. Well,
1: even the last couple of weeks, though, he's been
6: averaging he's like 25 and a half points per game over the yeah, last five going into has last night. He not looked the same to yeah. me, and he's been dealing with injury, ankle, hip. He felt off a scooter, That's why are they true. allowed to be on there? That's true. <laughs> um, but it was his 21st birthday, so I was really hoping he was going to bounce yeah. back last night. And it just—he just He just hasn't looked like he's returned to form yet, but we know it's March, and it could happen at any moment. Are
1: you betting, not only with UCLA, but are you betting a good amount of props with regards to these NCAA tournament games? I haven't gotten into
6: that market. I've started to do it more with UCLA. I have, I'm not a big prop better in general, NBA as well, but I've been starting to get into it just because this is a team I've watched every game of this season, similar to USC. Mm-hmm. I actually bet some unders on some of the USC points props in the game that they're in, and I, do we have a final on the USC So that's game what
1: I was going to say. I was going to get to there. USC was a two-point favorite against Miami. I see that score right now tied at 65. I want to see if that screen tied at 66 now, three seconds to go. Miami shooting a foul shot right now, so we will be sweating that one out momentarily. What was your bet on the game? Take me.
6: Take me uh, I think I had Isaiah Mobley under his points prop. I don't remember exactly the number that was set at, but I know he had a rough, rough start to this game, and my was looking very good early on that. It's too bad because he's the leader in just about every category for the Trojans. They needed a lot more out of him. And this Trojans team is not the same as UCLA team in those moments that need to be clutch, right? And so when we see USC down here in the final moments, this is not a moment where I'm going to go live on USC. Similar to how with UCLA last night, you could get them plus two and a half. And I thought maybe they closed this out. But USC has struggled all season. And I talked about this back in December with turnovers. And they've had 11 or more turnovers in their last 13 games games except for one game where they had nine so I just sounds heard the like crowd screaming. Some tickets
1: have cashed. Miami looks like hit both of the foul shots and will win this 68 66. Our first upset of the day. It was all chalk this morning. So yeah. USC goes down as a two point favorite. What was your view of this game, just in general, coming into the matchup? And how does that result affect you now seeing what does that mean for Miami moving forward potentially?
6: Well, I think it affects a lot of brackets, first yeah. of all. Another uh, bracket busta. <laughs> it's okay. Kentucky already killed mine. Uh, but Same. with USC, It's weird. I talked about this on the Los Angeles CityCast, the show today, ahead of this time, so, you know, if you listen to it, maybe it helped you out in this game. Uh, But USC, the turnover problem is what I talked about primarily, and I said I think that's what it's going to come down to here. We looked at this all week, and it seemed like a coin flip game. It was two and a half, got down to one and a half in favor of USC. And I thought people were still too down on the Trojans. They were capable of finishing this, but the problem is if your biggest issues are turnovers and free throw shooting, that's really going to come into play when March hits.
1: I know our guy Greg Hoops-Peterson, and had the number even higher for USC. He liked them a lot in this game. And uh, on our Selection Sunday show, I said my view on the Trojans is that they're just kind of this paper tiger. They've been ranked essentially all season long, yeah. but I haven't really liked the way that they played. That's a nice way to
6: say it. Most people have said fraudulent, but you went okay, with paper yeah, tiger. So, so I, I appreciate I go high, that. they go low. No. <laughs> um,
1: but honestly, just the way that I've looked at this Trojans team all season long, when you want to bet them and you want to have this belief that, hey, their ranking is legit, it just hasn't been that way on paper. And it hasn't been that way on the hardwood. And we see them with the early exit today. So are surprised or not surprised? How far did you have them going?
6: I had them advancing past this. I actually had them. I think I had them beating Auburn just because I think that Auburn's a little bit fraudulent. But uh, Auburn seemed to kind of cruise through their game today. USC, someone actually asked me a lot last week. The question I got was, who's going deeper, UCLA or USC, in the tournament? And I thought, well, first of all, how disrespectful. Oh, disrespectful!
1: Um, this, she is also not in addition to being the host of the LA City Cast and a UCLA Bruin alumna. She also is the in arena MC for Bruins events. So if there's anybody who is all in bias. on UCLA, yeah, just a touch. But you've been right, so. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I, I tell people when I do the Los Angeles CityCast, now, don't don't ask me about the Lakers. I don't want to talk about it, but it's not my fault that so many good teams play in Los Angeles. <laughs> OK,
1: <laughs> there we go. She's coming out with the with the guns ablaze in here. A couple other score updates to get you up on real quickly. Notre Dame and Alabama, a two-point game there. The Irish 44, uh, Bama 42, Virginia Tech trailing Texas by 2, 34-32 at the half. Um, and still plenty more action to come here with the tournament. One thing I wanted to ask you about quickly, um, just with this, this segment starting to wind down a little bit, the women's basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. I know you have kept a, a pretty good eye on that. What did you make of South Carolina Howard earlier today? That score was ridiculous.
6: I didn't. I didn't see this. It was, was like I on the 44 to
1: four at one point. Like it was. It was really bad. But South Carolina. We is that to be expected with this team,
6: especially early in the tournament for the women's bracket. The cream of the crop rises to the top here, so it's really hard for me. I didn't handicap this first round for the women's very closely because I know that the best of the best are going to be the ones advancing. We're going to see those crazy, crazy discrepancies, but it seems a little unnecessary at some point.
1: Oh, it's like they're taking it all. They're taking out the SEC tournament loss that was very unexpected to them. They're taking it out on this first round opponent in Howard. It was really, really just an absolute domination from the Gamecocks um, on the women's side of the bracket today. They are, of course, the consensus over top seed in the women's tournament the odds-on favorite to win it all so we'll see if they do make it all the way through yet again Um, we'll have plenty more college hoops on the other side of this break one last thing though with regards to the NFL there was the breaking news of course if anyone's just tuning in with us that Deshaun Watson has waived his no trade clause and is going to be a Cleveland Brown just your immediate thoughts on the move
6: I mean he's not my favorite player to cheer for at the (laughs) moment so you
1: sound like Adam Burke who is a Browns fan he was like "Eh, it's one of those things I guess you have to separate the team from the person I don't know how the jersey
6: sales are going to do, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, we expected him to be moved. But it's very interesting because the Browns and the Texans, some of the, like, really questionable organization moves, right? I mean, look at Baker Mayfield, for example, who had to play under four coaches in four years. It's understandable that he would be frustrated in that situation. They didn't give him the courtesy that they were going out to meet with Deshaun ahead of time. Just, hey, we're going to do this. And he has to find out in kind of a public way. And I feel for that.
1: Well, now at least he will get the trade that he wanted. He yeah. said that their relationship was severed to the point where it couldn't be mended and clearly that's the case they get their guy they paid a hefty price for it as well 230 million dollars five years to sean watson go into the browns when we come back we will continue our ncaa tournament talk danielle's got a lot of plays that she's getting ready to sweat out here later on in the evening also look ahead a little bit more to tomorrow see who some of your futures bets might be on don't go anywhere this is my guys in the desert from stadium swim
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio Radio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever
3: you get your podcasts. You're listening to my guys of the desert with Stormy Bon and Tony on V
0: Sin, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Wendy and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up to invite Las Vegas locals and basketball fans to get swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem pop-up located at Resorts World East Garden Plaza. The immersive experience brings the show off the screen and onto the strip with never-before-seen animations of Wendy's Breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe and the return of the elusive Pickle Rick Pickle Frosty. Boom! Big reveal! While in the alternate universe, fans can also play a life-size game of Plinko. Score. A exclusive swag and try items from Wendy's delicious menu lineup. Check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World right now here in Las Vegas as we welcome you back to Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Danielle Alvari of the LA CityCast on set with me. I'm Stormy Tony wrapping things up here on the program, talking all things college hoops. Want to give you a couple quick score updates here at the half. Virginia Tech trailing by two to Texas on an incredible, so we didn't see this while we were live on air. We didn't see the show shot but marcus carr of the longhorns hits a three from the other side of the march madness logo that thing was deep the arena erupted insanity
6: Absolutely insane, especially because isn't Virginia Tech the better three-point shooting yes, team here? They are what is going on? They're two of five. They're two of
1: five, and we've got the Longhorns here shooting 53.8%, seven of thirteen in tr- three-point land as we approach the halftime. But Texas Longhorns first half betters cash on that stunning shot, minus 120. So there you go. With regards to the second half numbers, it is a pick'em going into the second half with the juice there on Texas. The second half total 68 and a half and with regards to the game line I just had it popped up here the new updated total 133 and a half and Virginia Tech getting two and a half with regards to the live line in the game so do with that what you will but just what an incredible ending and that's the madness that's what we're talking about here right like I still can't believe how close the Miami USC game was that it came down to two foul shots and USC wasn't able to do anything after that but turnovers were the story in that game as well
6: yeah well it's interesting too with Virginia Tech and Texas because what we're seeing so far we're only the half, we're gonna see regression here from Texas in the second half in the shooting, and maybe Virginia Tech at any point can kind of get this shooting going. I feel going. like you have to. What are Storm you gotta Murphy's go on Virginia Tech right here? Now? I think this is my guy. I am a huge <laughs>
1: yeah. So Storm Murphy, my my favorite player, um, a Wofford transfer, name. came over to Virginia Tech alongside Mike Young. He said, "I got the job here. I want you to come with me because he had so much belief in that young man. 0 oh for 2 from the floor right now. So you have to imagine that he's gonna do something. Hunter Couture 0 oh for 1. He was the guy who had had the day in the ACC tournament, leading them to that championship over Duke. By the way, Duke is playing tonight. Is this going to be the crazy
6: upset? The Duke game? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? An LA area team, Cal State Fullerton. Can you
1: imagine if Duke and Kentucky opening round games both went down?
6: I mean, what did the New Mexico State Guard say? Bye-bye, Blue Bloods? Bye-bye, Blue Bloods. It's
1: insanity. Kentucky, we know, an 18-and-a-half-point favorite in their game against St. St. Peter's yesterday. I saw, like, some list that had it within the top five biggest upsets ever in NCAA tournament history. So I don't foresee that to happen for the Duke Blue Devils tonight. But
6: a lot of people are down on Duke this year.
1: I am down on them. I didn't have them getting far in my bracket, but I have them winning in the opening (laughs) round to CSU Fullerton. Okay, give me your analysis of Fullerton here because I don't know much about this team. They are an L.A. area team, like you said. But this is is another 18-and-a-half point spread. Total in this one, 145-and-a-half.
6: So they got knocked out of the first round the last two times. They were in this 2018 and 2008. So they are kind of like just excited to be invited, right? (laughs) That's kind of the position you're in when you're uh, this 15 seed. But Duke, by comparison, I mean, they led the ACC in offensive efficiency, adjusted defense efficiency, like the triple crown, if you will, of Mm -hmm. Ken Palm. Uh, They didn't win the ACC. We know Virginia Tech upset them there, which was nice for me. Uh, So I understand why people are a little down on Duke, but this is not a situation where you should be looking at Cal Fullerton, even if you're getting 20 points, right? We saw how tricky that can be. Even in the Gonzaga game, for example, that was a bad beat for some at the end, which was crazy.
1: That game was tied at like 52 or 54 with 13 minutes to go. And and Gonzaga goes off. They turned yep. it
6: on a dime. And I looked down, and I was like, they're up by 20 now. And that's just how elite Gonzaga is. And then when you look at the talent discrepancy between a Cal State Fullerton yeah. and a Duke, it's, it's going to be that situation. So even if they could manage to keep it close yeah. for a while, Duke is going to come out. Yeah, I
1: had to go toe to toe with Long Beach State to ultimately make it here to the dance. And then what's their success they get? They're like, oh, we're we're, we're getting honored with a meeting with Duke. Fun. How fun for us. But I don't see Duke going far. I do think that they are one of those teams that will have that early exit, despite it being being Coach K's swan song, his last go around. I just don't think that they're built to go the distance, especially with the struggles that they have had defensively. Like, they cannot seem to get it together as a group. And the pressure that these young men must have on them, with it being Coach K's final year. We saw it in that final game of the regular season at Cameron Indoor against UNC. We saw it in the ACC tournament. He even got on the mic.
6: Not my words, Aye. but embarrassing. I
1: So, yeah. yeah, not a lot of stock put in the Duke Blue Devils. I will Eat my words if they do go far gladly, um, but that's not the way that I see it. What are some of your bets coming up, though, tonight?
6: Well, to your point on Duke, too, I don't think you can out-offense this bracket. My favorite teams in this bracket have had really solid defenses, and I know it's fun for upsets and maybe for getting value on your bets to look for teams that are a little bit longer shots, but they right. shoot really well, for example, from beyond the arc. But as far as it pertains to actually getting to the end of this and winning it all, I don't think you can out-offense a team to win this championship. It's What is it, defense wins championships, defense, Rumor, rumor on the street. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my bets for tonight, I'm looking at Chattanooga. I'm calling them the noogs. I got them at plus eight. <laughs> Do you think they call them that? No. The noogs, you we know? Don't. It's like what a frat boy we would call don't it. Call I go to, yeah, I'm a noog. So yeah, okay. um, I'm on the noogs and I'm also on Colgate. I got seven and a half. I know you got eight. So yeah. that is a cautionary tale. I bet very last minute and I bet live because I bet last minute. So I usually get a little bit better value live, but I tried to be better about it, bet ahead of time. Um, but yeah, on Chattanooga, versus Illinois. It's going to be interesting here because the more I dug into this game, I mean a lot of good guards on both sides, but I do think that Kofi Cockburn is going to be a really tough challenge for the mocks in this one. Um, It's also interesting because Illinois doesn't exactly attack the rim very often, so they're going to have to rely on good perimeter shots. I think that Chattanooga is going to be able to get points in the paint a little bit better, um, but I am thinking that this is going to be a little bit off. Kenpon has Illinois winning by five here, so getting eight seems like really good value.
1: Yeah, I thought that is exactly the immediate number that I went to and I watched the SoCon tournament pretty closely and the way that Chattanooga was able to hang on against Furman in that SoCon title game was so impressive to me and David Jean-Baptiste hitting that finals it, that was one of those things where it's like the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat you saw it all in like one camera shot as that game unfolded but they are a pretty solidly built team and you look at a guy like Silvio De, so- De Sosa who many people will remember from Kansas and he's no longer on that pro- but he is power five talent you've got a guy like Mal Malachi Smith, who was the Southern Conference Player of the Year, and he is le- as legit as they come. Shoots mm-hmm. 50% from the field, 40% from three-point range. A solid defensive player. He's somebody that really does it all. And he's going to
6: be the if, best guard out there. I
1: think if he's on, then he can really make this a competitive game.
6: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. That's, I mean, we is what's what's a little bit concerning for me is that I think this is a popular play, at least among yeah. the, the groups that we like travel in. Yeah. Too
1: many people like my mocks. Um, Wright State in Arizona. Obviously, the Wildcats are a team that you play pretty closely. A very high total in this game, and I did take
6: it over. I got 155 and a half. You took it over in a first first game? I got it. Because look at these two teams. Well, here's what I'll say. People who are struggling with the shooting, Arizona's not going to have that trouble, right? Right. Because they got these seven-footers, and they're just going to stand under the hoop and lay it in as much as they want. So you might be saved there. I'm not
1: laying 21 and a half. That's not, like, fun for me. (laughs) Although, like, with the chalk that we've had this morning, they probably are going to cover. Over
6: 157. I didn't
1: bet that. I got 155 and a half. Get Hello. the best number,
6: Stormy <laughs> Bonasoni. But, but that's why
1: it's gone up, because of people like me that do think it's going to be such a high-scoring game, You're a, a high-tempo game. Yeah, my, my bet is the one that lined the move. That's the one uh, that caused Wait, the line Wait, so to why move.
6: why the over, though? Just because Arizona State's offense is the way it's set up, or because Wright State is just really going to have a tough time here? I think that Wright State should be able to produce a good amount
1: of offense themselves. And the way that they go up and down the court, both of these teams yes. have really significant pace. pace. I think the amount of possessions we're going to get this game is going to be really high, and if Arizona just shoots efficient, they should have a pretty successful day. So I like the Wildcats. I also have the Wildcats winning my
6: tournament, so I bet okay, them plus so, 650 to win it all. So talk to me about this, because a lot of the v hosts picked Arizona in their bracket to win this, and I am not convinced because Arizona was not in the tournament last year. First-year head coach, first-year first head First-year head coach that was an assistant coach at Gonzaga. If Tommy Lloyd wins a championship <laughs> before Mark Few, I riot. Can you imagine? I riot. That's That is saying. my final
1: which is such a chalky final but I do have two top seeds. I have Arizona and Gonzaga in my final
6: which is so annoying. But I think I have Gonzaga-Villanova because I tried to be a little edgier. So you didn't
1: have UCLA going all the way? Are they a Final
6: Four team? I have a Final Four. I have them in the Final Four which was a push for me. I, I really like them in the Elite Eight but it's it's going to be a tough Final Four road.
1: Okay, we've only got about 30 seconds here left on the show but parting thoughts whether it's strategy for betting the tournament a game you really like upcoming tomorrow Anything like that parting words?
6: Oh gosh, this is going to be like famous last words. But I think (laughs) don't overreact to what you saw in UCLA. And that's coming from someone who saw some really, really bad shooting. Um, I think that they're going to be able to cover the spread versus St. Mary's. And you're getting them at minus minus two and a half, I believe, right now, or 3. So I think that that's worth a look. Uh, Famous last words. She's
1: braving the heat in a UCLA sweater just to brag about her Bruins. It's all different
6: kind of sweat. You got
1: to do what you got to do. Yeah, a whole different kind of sweat. Perfect. (laughs) That is Danielle Alvari. Make sure you check out the LA CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. wherever you get your podcast. Very easy to download. Listen on your own schedule. That's a wrap for my guys in the desert. Thanks as well to Adam Burke and Michael Lombardi for joining the program. Danny Burke and Rush Hour coming up next.
0: Chumba Casino.com. No purchase necessary. Full for prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.